the energy up over there? I can feel it. That's what happens when James is in here. Oh, that's great. Hello and welcome to the fourth officials EPL and World Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Tom Miller, here with Dr. Pete and nobody else. We got rid of James. We got rid of him. We finally took us forever. We finally got rid of James. Um, He's like no a COVID issues, but multi-drug resistant bacteria. <laughs> resistant to penicillin. Probably at this point, he could be resistant to penicillin. But we got rid of James. Um, not really. He'll be back next week. He just had some stuff to do. Ken Lee bowed out on a weekend where Arsenal won three to zero. Doctor Pete, they're back. Are they back? That's the question. We'll get into that a little later. Um, every top four favorite won with a penalty kick this weekend, Dr. Pete. Um, anything to say about these favorings of the refs? Now the yellow ball's out. We'll have to get into that. Chelsea survived Leeds. Um, Manchester City absolutely destroyed Leeds today. Uh, I don't know. Poor Bielsa. Yeah, they're not going down, though. I mean, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I think, actually, out of all the games this weekend, the biggest things are actually off the field. The games were yes. big, but because everybody won, there wasn't really, like, any big changes in the standings, you know? Yeah, there wasn't much movement. But we did have the Champions League draw, Dr. Pete, twice, actually. Twice as nice. <laughs> um, I saw somebody couple... say that Barcelona missed the uh, Champions League draw for the first time in 17 years, twice Ooh. in two hours. Oh, that's mean. That's mean. <laughs> Barcelona is in Europa, Dr. Pete. Um, and now you get all the rumors coming around of the players that they have that are for sale. You know, like uh, De Jong rumors are coming around. Yeah, like, they might sneak their way back into Champs League if they win that thing. Yeah, I mean, who else is in it? It, it's not really there's not really anybody else in it i think there's a couple italian teams but no you other just talked yourself into the down. old okay we can we can win it well i don't yeah. i don't have to do that this year well i'm That's saying you're last. doing it for it's the barca me. fans and yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's such a sad place to be there can't be any more barcelona fans that listen to this podcast after the way we talked about their summer which we were dead right about by the way and their manager, which we were dead right about, by the way, and how their performance has been, which we were dead right about. Um, turns out Sergio Aguero, unfortunately, has a heart condition and will be retiring yeah, from football, which is a huge bummer. Um, I would have said Sergio Aguero being hurt for the whole year wouldn't have been a surprise, but obviously a heart condition doesn't really fit in that. Um, and instead I will just pick on Memphis Depay for being the signing that I absolutely knew he was going to be, which is going to score a couple absolute world-class bangers and then miss a bunch of easy, easy goals or goals that should be converted. I mean, Barcelona is in, I think what, like eighth place or something. Um, they had another draw, but this is not a La Liga podcast, Dr. Pete, but we will talk about some Spanish teams as the Champions League draw comes through twice in one day, the first time they went through, they left Manchester United out of a pot with uh, Atletico Madrid, and Atletico Madrid drew, what, PSG or something? 
because they put the complaint in. Oh, they, they drew Byron, and then they put a complaint in, and they were correct. It was on live television. You can't cheat on live television. It makes you really wonder about the like uh, the the draws in the past that weren't televised. You know, <laughs> like so they completely redid the draw after Atletico complained. Not Manchester United, even though Manchester United uh, drew PSG. Um, so it would be very interesting happening. if it happened and then they figured it out like a month down the road. Imagine that. Oh, yeah. Because you'd still well, have to redo it. Yeah. Right? Well, no, you can't because at that point, everybody's got like booked their tickets and stuff. You're not going to be able to redo yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. If that was the case. But they, Atletico put an immediate um, complaint in. So Who did they draw? They, PSG? No, Atletico that's... drew Bayern, I think. Oh, that was, was smart. Bayern. They're like, yeah. uh, can you please redraw it? <laughs> no, thank you. Imagine if they noticed it and they drew, the you know, some crappy team. They'd be like... Benfica. No, the... Oh, uh to see here, people. Yeah, Chelsea and City still got easy draws. What a shock. Super shocked. But, Chelsea uh, drew the same team. Yeah. They cheated. <laughs> Super cheaty. Uh, I mean, the big thing is with this draw... That none of the English teams can pick each other for one thing, and then you can't have anybody from your group, which did happen in the first in the first draw. Manchester United drew Villarreal, who they had in their group, which you can't do. So yeah. um, those are the rules for the draw. But the official draw, as it stands, Real Madrid would be furious. Paris PSG versus Real Madrid, Bayern versus RB Salzburg, Doctor Pete, Manchester City versus Sporting, Ajax versus Benfica. Chelsea versus Lille, Manchester United versus Atletico Madrid, Juve versus Villarreal, and Liverpool versus Inter. What are your thoughts on the draw? What matchups stick out first? Well, I thought it was completely unfair for everybody but Manchester United that they redrew re- re- this. I mean, okay. we drew Atletico. It's not like we. <laughs> it's not like. I'm just, uh, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're playing James's part. I see. Yeah, I, yeah I'm okay. James. We're gonna win the quadruple, and it doesn't first. matter who we draw. You heard three nothing over Bayern in the finals. Absolutely, you heard it first. <laughs> and none of our fans will show up for the games. Um, <laughs> my thoughts on the draw were: How do you mess up something this simple? Yeah, it's just pieces of paper in a bowl. That's yeah. all it is, seriously. It, they have <laughs> multiple balls because some teams can't be in with other teams, as we explained at the beginning, and they still screwed it up. I mean, there's only one draw per year, right? No, I guess they draw each time. No. The yeah, they, they, they draw groups, too, and then yeah. they draw... Okay, there's yeah, more than one. But still, yeah. I mean, to mess up this thing when... I mean, think how many times they draw the lottery everywhere in the universe, <laughs> and it's like the same software. Yeah. I'm sure they don't screw up the lottery very often. Well, they they use pieces of paper this time. <laughs> they used to. I don't know if you ever heard the story about Figo. Figo was telling us uh, back in I don't know, say like the oh seven oh eight time period, and he said he claimed that when he was drawing them, that some of the balls were heated up intentionally. That's what he said. <laughs> he said that some of the balls were heated up. I don't think Figo, Figo never struck me as somebody who was on the very tippy top of the like intelligence scale, but he, he said that some of the balls were heated up and it was like, you're supposed to pick those balls up. Although nobody ever followed that theory up and all the other was people. Just before or after it. he got hit in the head with a dead pig during the match. Uh, <laughs> probably after, <laughs> probably after Figo is also the only, like one of the only players 
ever to go from in his prime from Barcelona to Real Madrid. Um, pretty lame, actually. I think that's super lame. But yeah, so the, the draw stuff, it's just typical UEFA. If James were on here, he'd be telling us all about how corrupt they are since they try to throw City out of the Champions League twice. Well, they for- are corrupt being corrupt and they are corrupt UEFA is corrupt that's why like when this stuff happened and you saw like manchester united versus psg like you know you've you're like all right when it first came out there redoing it you're like this is ridiculous but then they ended up doing psg versus real madrid so it's not like you know that's no, not I, that's not what i don't think they wanted. did it on purpose they're just no i don't totally think so. incompetent yes completely 100 percent incompetent taking pieces of paper out of a bowl like that is just the absolute worst. But all right, so the matchups you're looking forward to, um, Tottenham isn't in this competition. We can talk right about now. the competition that, that Tottenham is in, possibly if they're still in it. We'll talk about that when we talk about the if COVID we, cancellation. If we have time, if we we'll have do time, that. We'll talk about all the memes that and gifts you've been sending um, about <laughs> the Europa Conference League and how excited you are to be in it. <laughs> <laughs> you you run out of gift center cool at some point, Thomas. <laughs> uh, but yeah, let, let's talk about a few of the matchups here. We have a, we have a whiles to go, but I think um, this is already exciting. The PSG versus Real Madrid one, I think, yeah, has to stick it. out first, right? Definitely. Sergio Ramos return game? Question mark. Has he him? played for P- Has he played for PSG yet? Uh, no, but he looks good in their warm up suit. You, and you, he you will be the... back. You know what the real theme of this year is, and we've t- we've brushed on it several times. the The real theme this year is that there were like a million huge players moving this off season to other teams, and like none of them have worked out. There yeah. there really haven't been any. Ronaldo. There's hardly any signings. Ronaldo's worked out to an extent. I mean, the manager did get fired, and United were in like tenth place for a while. That wasn't. But baseball. yes, he's the one who's had, I guess, the best. The most impact is he won like five games for United. Um, like Messi, Jack Grealish is the is the biggest signing in the history of the Premier League by like well it was it was hey, by like fifteen hey. million, but then he Lukaku torched, he torched Leeds today. He did okay. kill Leeds today. He is back. He's back with goal number two. You watch your mouth. Uh, Lukaku has been poor. He's been hurt a little bit, but he's got three league goals. Messi has one league goal. I just um, call him Warner number two. Oh, that's mean. That's not right. <laughs> that is not right. Uh, Messi has one league goal. Um, I mean, you, you got a whole list of players. Sergio Ramos, has he played yet for PSG? Like, yeah, I mean, you got all these guys that are supposed to make big they're paying him a lot of money, too. They have to be. Oh, yeah, for sure. And Donnarumma is splitting time with Kaylor Navas. Well, wasn't like that was always signing too. the kind of plan mm. to phase out Navas or give him some competition? You think like they that were saying that at first signed... that they? It's not like the team said that he was going to start right away. I find that hard to believe. Yeah, I mean that's what they said, but you're right. I mean it's a big signing, but he. It's not like they paid a thirty million transfer fee for him. He was. Just, I, mean, they, they just I guarantee him. you, they're paying him a ton in wages, though. Yeah, it's PSG. Yeah. It's oil money. Uh, so it's not real money. first first look at PSG Real Madrid. Obviously, you're thinking of Messi versus Real Madrid. I mean, Real Madrid's leading the league, La Liga, right now. It's a watered down and pretty poor La Liga this year. Missing Messi, 
Uh, Barcelona, as we mentioned earlier, is falling apart. It, they're they're leading the league by eight points. Sevilla has a game in hand, but Atletico is not playing well either. They're... No, and this is a Real Madrid team that lost to Sheriff in the eh. group stage. Remember them? Yeah, but they still won the group. Okay, Real what country is Sheriff in? I have no idea. <laughs> None at all. Uh, yeah, the other the other matchup that sticks out amongst the rest of these um, would be Atletico versus Manchester United. Obviously, you have Cristiano Ronaldo versus Atletico. He spent so much time in Real Madrid. I would say it's a rivalry, but I would think that Cristiano Ronaldo owns that rivalry. I yeah, think that's it's fair to say. Pretty one sided. That that Juventus hat trick come yes. back from two nothing down. <laughs> yes, where they were chanting at him, uh, Atletico Madrid won 2-0 at home. Their fans chanting. finally thought they got the best of him. And then he scored a hat trick in Turin to put Juventus through 3-2. And the celebrations were outrageous when he scored his goal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I would have liked to, obviously, as a Manchester United fan, gotten a lot of an, an easier draw, like, you know, Chelsea or Manchester City seem to do, you know. I'm not saying there's a lot of money <laughs> passing hands, but you know, it's just the the rich clubs, the super richies, uh, they just find a way. Manchester City, the teams they draw in domestic cups these days are <laughs> laughable, a hundred percent laughable. Um, and Sporting isn't laughable, but they're one of the lower teams. Um, Lille is not a great team either. Chelsea should have no problems with them. What do you think about uh, Inter-Liverpool? you think that'll be a good one? I mean, Liverpool's flying right now. I mean, <clears throat> the thing about the round of 16 in champs is there's always two or three big surprises. One of them is always a huge surprise. So these knockouts, you can never count anyone out. I mean, other than maybe Man City Sporting, like any of these other ones could go either way. And – Man City always finds a way to lose when they're heavily favored in the Champions League. So do not. It's not. It's not time for out. that yet. It's not, not yet, time for that. But yet. no, don't. It's the. It's that'll be the second round when they play like you know, Villarreal or something. Yeah, but I could see Chelsea getting knocked out by Malay or Liverpool getting knocked out by Inter. Um, unlikely, you think so? but I, yeah. I, I'd say unlikely, but it's possible. You're, you're... I mean. Yeah, you're One saying thing you don't know is how healthy are these how healthy are these teams going to be in February, and yeah. COVID's going to wreak havoc on everything, unfortunately, yeah. probably through February. So that's going to play a big part. I was just thinking today, Liverpool, you know, they're going to lose all their players to Afcon if it actually happens in January. So well, that's going to be them, a but, well, their best players. Salah, <laughs> Salah and Mane, and Mane, yeah. Salah and Mane, yeah, I mean that that's a big deal. We'll see what we'll see what happens as they as they get into January. I mean, if you're a Liverpool fan, you're rooting for Egypt to get eliminated immediately. But Egypt is a contender to win the Afcon, um, African Cup of Nations, and will be because of the lack of competition. So, yeah, I mean, I think I agree that'll play a part. And these games will be after the January break. You don't know who's gonna pick up players during that time period. Uh, Inter Milan right now, speaking of the Liverpool game, Inter Milan is leading in Serie A. They are they have 40 points. They have a plus 28 goal differential. Who's their coach? 
He's coaching uh, right now. I can never remember that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, what's his face? Not Conti. Does that help? That helps. Yes. Uh, I completely forgot. You'll have to Google it. <laughs> we can Google it. Give, as their, as uh, as... give their football director some credit, you know? Sure. He's put together, put together yeah, put together a good team. I mean, a big help for them, though, is that Juve's been bad this year. Juve, the team that said that they were going to be better off with without Ronaldo, has five losses and are in seventh place. We're going to play um, like a team, though. Yeah. Their center backs are 47 years old. Yes. Their center backs are ancient. And they're cheaters. Wouldn't you they agree are. with that? Definitely, they're cheaters. I mean, you could say like they get they get away with it or whatever, but like the strangle move that was put on Saka <laughs> in the Euro, like that's not that's not legal in like any sport. Like you can go to football, that's not legal. You know, like that should have been a red card. That was ridiculous. But it's just you know they cheat and they're in seventh place now. So yeah, I mean, anything else to add to the draw other than there's a few good games here. The Real Madrid Paris game being the uh, the marquee. Uh, one thing I would say is maybe you can clear this up for me. So they got rid of the away goals rule for the second leg. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the the tiebreaker is no longer whoever has the most away goals. Mm-hmm. And that's what made the second leg so exciting because it would turn on a knife edge. It would be one team winning and then the other teams, you know, clinches it if they score a goal basically. Yes. Um, why did they get rid of that? Because that made everything so exciting. You're asking me why they got rid of it? <laughs> yeah, because right now it goes oh, to it goes to if both teams if the score is tied, then they go to overtime and penalty kicks. So it's going to result in these lockdown second halves of the second leg where both teams are sort of playing not to lose. Which is the yeah. exact opposite of the way it was before. It was like, okay, we're down two nothing. We lost two nothing on the road. It's balls of the wall. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was no, really so fun about it. I hate it. I hate that they changed that. I thought that was such a unique way to decide these ties. Yeah. Um, I imagine that maybe the big boys, maybe it, it takes away, it gives the big boys a little bit of an edge. You know, if you're looking at it from an analytical standpoint, you have somebody that has an advantage in roster strength. So you're less likely to have the underdog win. That's all I can think of. The only thing I was thinking was they wanted more overtime because the games are longer and more TV I mean, what, deals. What do you I don't get know. out of that? I don't like know. I, I don't understand. You get like an extra commercial during the during yeah. like timeout. <laughs> uh, I, I hope not. I think that's so bad. I think they were saying UEFA said that they did it because it, uh, it it takes away home field advantage a little bit. It declines the home field advantage. Um, I don't know. That that sounds a little bit stupid. It, it just I think it just gives the big teams you know a five percent advantage or something. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. It's a shame. That's all I have to say. Yeah, it is a ton of fun. When you have a team that scores, you know, if they show up at your ground and score two goals on the road, like you said, then you got to go there and you might have to go somewhere remote, like in Turkey or something like that. That's not really remote, but like going, going to one of those 
teams, you know, the Turkish teams or even the Russian and Ukrainian teams that, that have those walls of fans, you know, and can yeah. shake the whole entire stadium. Like, that makes a huge <laughs> difference. Like, yeah. I like uh, – I don't remember who it was. I want to say it was like Zenit or something where their fans, every time the opposing teams get the ball, they turn their back. They won't watch the game <laughs> when the opposing team has – I don't know how they know when their team gets the ball, but they – doesn't matter. The, Watching them with their backs and they all hold, they're all holding together and wa- and waving. That's awesome. It's <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think the the way Champs League games are so hard to play in. Yeah. Even yeah. you look at Barcelona's home record in uh, Champions League when they were great and they never lost, they never lost at home. But yeah, you know, on the road they were probably only 60 percent winners. It's just so hard. The it is. They're so Even... pumped up in these European other yeah. European well, spots enough about the champions league. I do think that was the like big news this week, especially with it going <laughs> the way it did with them screwing it up. We'll get into the premier league now as all four of the, of the, of the top four favorites, one with a penalty kick, Dr. Pete, some sneaky, sneaky wins. Um, Very sneaky. Chelsea three leads two was probably the highlight game. I think it went Probably back and forth. The sneakiest. And the sneakiest win. Rack not happy about how Chelsea's been letting up goals lately, Dr. Pete. Apparently they need more defenders back. But I think it's uh let's see. Three I think it's ten goals in the last three games. So mm-hmm. that's not good. That's not good for Chelsea, a team that plays so defensively. Uh, Jorginho, the hero here, Dr. Pete, he's been uh, a goat lately, and I'm not talking about greatest of all time, I'm talking about a scapegoat, he's made mistake after mistake after he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, he seems very upset about it, and he scores two penalties, Dr. Pete, uh, two penalties drawn by Rudiger, by the way, <laughs> as Chelsea's defense continues to contribute to their attack, absolute idiotic defending by Leeds to dive in on a center awesome. back on both the penalties, especially the one that was in the 94th minute for Jorginho. Uh, anything, anything to add about where Chelsea's at and even where Leeds is at? Yeah, it was almost a disastrous week for Chelsea because they lost that game late to West Ham, shipped two bad goals, um, law, or tied their Champions League game midweek, lost the one seed. And gave up three goals and then came around to the weekend and a very feisty Leeds team took them to the wire, took the lead once actually, and they needed yeah. two penalty kicks to to bail bail themselves out. And I think even Tuchel said they were a bit lucky. He wasn't even celebrating when they scored their third goal. He was just sitting there like, This is not good, this has not been a good week. Um yeah. and you know, Jorginho he, the great Georgina. I think he is a fine player when he's sitting next to Conte, just like anybody who's sitting next to him. Like you've talked about this before, like Pogba <laughs> yeah, is a world Pogba class is midfielder the best in the world. <laughs> when he's playing next to Conte. But when Conte's not there, and Conte's been missing, I don't know how many games now, but he's been out for at least five or six games. Mm-hmm. And during that time, he has basically shipped goals. And, um, you know, you guys talk about them playing sort of a more defensive um, uh, setup. But when I'm watching them, I'm seeing more of an offensive 
set up with their wing their wing backs are pushed up as wingers yeah and that's fine when you have Conte back and this is especially against bad teams like they didn't do that against City obviously but when they're playing against bad teams they just bomb those guys in the box like Reese has a million touches in the Mm -hmm. box um Rudiger (laughs) is getting into the box he's getting forward yeah I mean he makes two or three of those runs a game this year Mm -hmm. um and I think that that finally they've been a bit exposed I think Tiago Silva you know he's not somebody that is fast and he's he's got a lot of guile and he's a good defender but you can beat him you know one-on-one you can beat him over the top um and if you don't have Conte uh in front of your defensive line it makes a huge difference and I Cleaning think you've been scraps. seeing that in the last few games I think that the rate that they were at after before I jinxed them when I said they had only given up eight goals in like their first 15 games I mean it was just unsustainable yeah uh, and I think pictures. a little bit of it was luck and this is sort of a correction the other direction but um I mean if you're a Chelsea fan um you are still in a great position and your forwards have done absolutely nothing so at yeah. some point Lukaku and Warner they scored their three goals <laughs> in the midweek match well, maybe not <laughs> Warner but Lukaku will come around. I mean, he's yeah, a he proven goal scorer. He scores mm-hmm. 20 to 30 goals a year. He's It's kind of like Kane. Like, he will come around at some point. Mm-hmm. He may not end up with 25 goals, but, you know, you want him on – if you're going to pick a half of the season to have him on, you want him in the second half. So, we'll see. Yeah. I think that – I mean, I'm watching the way they play him, too. He's not getting a lot of shots off. And I think that's the way Tuchel's attack runs, especially with the 3-5-2. Like, I think that the, the chances go to the people you're talking about. They go to the wingers and the wingbacks and the and the guys underneath of the forward. I think that's always the way it's been um, with Tuchel. Unless he has Werner where he's playing through balls underneath. But even then he would have Kai Havertz be the nine. So, you know, that that's that up top guy, the farthest guy forward, isn't always the one on the end of the chances. So, I, I mean, I think Lukaku is a fantastic goal scorer. And I think he's not going to end up with like ten goals, you know. Like he's gonna, he should be in the teens at least. Um, but he also doesn't take the penalties, so <laughs> he might not get there at all. Um, yeah, I think Chelsea. This is a big win for them because, you know, Liverpool and City are flying right now. Chelsea is within touching distance. Obviously, City has a game up on them right now. When this game was played, they were two points out of first place. And you just have to be really worried about the way City and Liverpool are playing right now, especially City with their depth going into this holiday festive period with the yellow balls out and they can rotate easily and have no issues, whereas the rest of the teams don't have 18 players that are, you know, Ballon d'Or candidates that were 65-plus million a pop. Like, the other teams don't have that, so you can't afford to lose any ground. Um, and I think Chelsea has a, has a good roster, but like you said, Conte went down and, and their defense, that defensive midfield doesn't look as good. So I think this is a really important win for them to hang in there. Leeds uh, is a team right now that shouldn't you shouldn't be dropping points to. They are in 16th yeah, well, they place. Got, 
beat by Manchester City 7 nothing today. So Yeah, they're not going to get relegated, but I could see them on, I mean, I hope they don't. Everybody you know, like their team and like their coach, but they look really bad right now. They have seven losses um, after today getting beat 7-0 to Manchester City where they came out and if you have the wrong game plan, it happens. Trust me. You have the wrong game plan. But watching City exploit the space just for the entire game and shoot time after time after time, Leeds looked really, really, really bad. And I know Manchester City's flying, but to have, you know, the amount of shots that they faced today, really it's not sustainable for them going forward. They had 31 shots against and 15 on target. Yeah, they look like, like a relegation team today. They look like a relegation team, and you're and and you don't have time to rebound either. Like you're going into another game now that we're in December. You play again on Saturday. You play Arsenal on Saturday, and then you play Liverpool. Like Leeds is going to take a beating here for a minute. I mean, yeah. you, you don't know what will happen that Arsenal game. You don't know what, which Arsenal is going to show up ever. Um, so, I mean, they could win two zero there. They could also lose five zero, but. The, my point is the momentum that they're gaining, they're losing right now, is is really bad. I, I don't think that they'll be relegation battlers. I think they're too good for that. But I don't know if they can do anything about it, Doctor Pete. If they do lose a bunch of momentum, I don't think they have a ton of money. So I, I'd be a little worried about Leeds. Yeah, I. Um, it's a real shame because they look like they were going to be up in the middle of the. Prem table for, yeah. for years to come based and Bielsa is a, a great coach and he had them firing all cylinders but you know at the end of the day when you strip this team down it's a bunch of championship players and a couple of really yeah. good like really good Prem level players in Bamford and Phillips but yeah and it's been amazing what Bielsa has done with them but you know you come at you see this with these high pressing teams there comes a point when they just seem to run out of gas or the players mm -hmm. like sort of stop buying in. Um, it's just the, just there's only, yeah, there's only so long that you can keep up that level of intensity. And mm -hmm. you look at city and Liverpool and they have, they always change their approach. You know, they have yeah. parts of their season where they're pressing very high and, you know, Klopp pressed much higher the first few years he was in the league and now they've, you know, they still press sometimes, but it's much more selective. Mm -hmm. And I think if you just try to do that, like that's what all these fans and um, pundits are like, Oh, you know, this high pressing football, blah, blah, yeah. blah. It's just like, well, there's a reason that all these great teams don't do it all the time because yeah, it's really hard to do that and keep sustain it up. It. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I, I totally agree with that, and I worry about Leeds' burnout. I think they have enough talent. I know you said they have a championship squad. They do, but they have added some talent. Um, Dan James, I'm looking at <laughs> Where they, in the beginning of the year, they looked better than the bad teams, and I think that's enough. I, I just think that they're going to be, you know, They might be place. in the battle for a little while, like you said. Maybe. They're coming through I mean, a tough stretch, and... I, I you're don't... asking some of these other teams to step out of it, but I mean they are in sixteenth place Well, you say who's, right now. who's going down right now? So Newcastle's going down. Norwich is um, going down. I think Newcastle 
has a chance to climb out because they're only three games, three points from safety, and I think they're going to buy like five players in January. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get through, but you know, okay, so adding, take Newcastle out talent, of there. You just have to be better say, than the baddies. So say Newcastle's in the mix; they're not mm-hmm. a definite. Norwich has been playing a lot better. That's fine. They've been playing they a have lot. Ten better. points, and they have a game in hand. Well, how many points are they out of the relegation? I mean, yeah, they're three, but they have a game in, game in hand. Yeah, they're so three points out. If they win that game in hand, which is a maybe. No, no, no. I'm sorry. They have a game in hand. Oh, two oh, games okay. in hand on Burnley, who's in front of them. Okay. Um, yeah, they 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 are ahead by two games. Well, I think you're going to have Newcastle, Burnley, Norwich. And I think Leeds may get dragged down there a little bit. Um, I mean, that's probably yeah. it. I, I I think Watford has the firepower up top to stay up. All right, so who's getting relegated? Well, I think it's going to be Newcastle. And for my boy James, who's not here, <laughs> Burnley is going down, my friend. This yeah, is Burnley your year, is James. Down. This is he your can... year. Is he getting a tattoo if they get relegated? Uh, yes, he said he is oh, no. getting a Sean Dyke face. Dyche. <laughs> yeah, face eating, uh... pouring a can of worms down his throat, just like falling all over his face on his oh, right buttock. Man. Okay, yeah, I think Burnley's going down. I think Norwich is going down, and there's my fourth team. Watch Newcastle. You 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 think Newcastle's going down? I think Newcastle's gonna buy a bunch of dudes. In Watford has window. Danny Rose. They're staying up. End of conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You also can't rule out a team like Brentford falling off a cliff. You know, yeah, there's yeah. always that That's team, that relegation team that just like speeds to the front of the pack and then dies. Um, yeah, it's a good point at some point. But I mean, Brentford is playing really well, so I guess long may it continue until you play United, which is supposed to be today. We had some COVID issues. Uh, which we'll get into in a little bit here. Uh, Manchester United did win. They beat Norwich, mighty, mighty Norwich, 1-0. Uh, everybody else is beating Norwich by a lot more. But like you said, Norwich is, I guess, playing better, especially against us. Um, United kind of sneak out of here with a 1-0 win. Cristiano Ronaldo penalty. <sighs> the biggest worry in this match was both teams had the same amount of shots on target in the game, 5-5. Five and five. De Gea had to make a couple unbelievable saves for us to win this game 1-0 um and you know it, it's a honeymoon period but it's a new manager the team did not play well in this match but they didn't allow a goal dr pete and that's clean sheets i don't know if you've heard of them we're a clean sheet <laughs> machine two in a row in the prem you know who else had uh, two clean sheets to start his reign thomas oh got so nuno nuno oh didn't he have three? Remember him? Yeah, three. I remember he's three and zero with three goals. Three they won three one zero every time, right? Yeah, it's easy as <laughs> Premier League <laughs> manager of the month. Did he get manager? Of the... That's right, he did. That's not good. <laughs> That's no bueno. <laughs> it's called a new manager bump, Thomas. Yeah, but you guys were playing like crap too. No, we were bad. But... We should have lost. Our yeah. expected goals were. Trying to lost. I'm trying to say that Man United should have lost. That's not right. Well, I, I will say watching this game that uh, I don't know if you should be that 
excited about. I'm not that excited the way this one panned out because I'm um, not. It easily could have ended up. You really deserved a point the way it played out. Yeah, the way we played. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, Lindelof actually played pretty well in this game. He got taken off. He had a heart palpitation or something, um, and they're going to monitor him. No further damage that they're aware of. But so if he's they... out for a little while, mm-hmm. what does the defense center center defender depth look like on Manchester United? Right Varane's now? close. Uh, Bay is your move. I know what you're hinting at. I know what you're hinting at. PJ four was on the bench. That's not what I was getting. At. Should be. Should be what you're getting at. <laughs> Who's that? Should be getting at. Yeah, should be what you're getting at. But no, what uh, if I told PJ Force in contention for what sure? What if I told you back in 2018 <laughs> that in 2021 <laughs> Phil Jones is going to be starting a game at center back? What would you? What would 2018 Tom uh, tell us? We are walking the league. We're winning the league by 15 or 20 points. <laughs> And it's all but decided. We have a big Champions League match coming up, and uh, we don't want anybody who could be in the starting twenty to be in the game. So no, that's not what's happening. And PJ Four is one tiny, tiny little bye like who gets injured. Two often. blades of grass away right now. Two blades of grass away from getting a PJ Four alert. It could happen. Like if United the podcast go is going to go berserk if he, like we're watching a game and he, you know, Rago points over and he's like, hey, Phil, get over here, get your gear off. And he starts stripping down and he's ready to go in. Oh. Yeah. The adrenaline pump. The adrenaline that will be pumping through all of us. Absolutely. Through all of us. I'll be going um, berserk. I'll jump out of my seat. Oh, sure. Sure. Especially if you're like in the OR or something, and someone brings you a little slip of paper. It's like it's just on the paper. It's just while you're working. Just PJ Four is in the game. This is from your brother. He said it's an emergency. Yeah. Um, like, Let's go, guys. That's probably acceptable. It's probably acceptable. Uh, Manchester United win one zero. They are in fifth place. Doctor Pete. Boom. One oh, point out of fourth. Just like that. Plus two goal differential. Get off me. They're back, Thomas. I looked at the uh, Vegas odds for top four the other day, Uh and this is before the weekend, but it was Man United 50-50 shot, and then the other three, West Ham, Tottenham, Arsenal, were pretty much the same, splitting splitting that other 50%. Mm-hmm. So you and then after that it dropped off a cliff. So you see, you're seeing a separation right now, mm-hmm. um, where it's really Man U still probably top four. You know, if they win, especially if they win a couple, two or three more games, they'll be heavy favorites for fourth yeah. place. And then it'll be five, six, seven, and then there's a big drop off after that. Yeah. So you're seeing I mean, some we separation. Should win these games. We should win these games, but we talked about it last week with Ragnick coming in. Midseason and changing the total philosophy of the way the team wants to play. That's a big deal. You don't just start over and it's not like, hey, we're going to press now. That's not the way it works. Like, there's a there's a real strategy to pressing. And watching Klopp's team develop took over a year for them to press the correct way and win the ball back. Um, you know, Pep Guardiola, same kind of thing. It took a year for that team to get its feet under it and, you know, a billion, a billion pounds or whatever. 
But it, it takes a long time, which is the point. You're not just going to see Marcus Rashford being taking the right angles all the time now. I guess my big thing with this game, though, was that there were so many misplaced passes. It was really, really poor. And that doesn't really have anything to do with a new manager. You know, it was it was from all the big players, too. It was from Bruno. It was from Rashford, especially. He's just a, a, a notch off right now. And, you know, he had been gone for... A few, you know, six months or something like that. Um, he was hurt for three months at the end of last year, and then he was actually got surgery um, in the off season. So, yeah, I yeah, think I mean, the key for the one of the keys for the new manager is getting Rashford and Bruno back to the level they were at last year. Yeah. And I don't, you know, people are like, well, Ronaldo is suppressing. Bruno, I don't. It's it's that's kind of stupid, but it's a stupid take. It's a bad take. Yeah, I I think that that is critical for them because those two guys are really I think they're their second and third best players when they're on, and you need them to. And Rashford, when he's playing well, he had such yeah. a huge element of stretching out the defense for Yeah, he puts a team. ton of pressure on the defense. So much pressure. It's like Sun. Sun does the same thing. When he's in the lineup, mm-hmm. he stretches everything out and the defense has to account for him and lay off and it changes your whole game plan. Yeah, and he's had opportunities. He's making the runs. He's just off by a little bit. Yeah, um, he's not finishing. You know, yeah, and I think that happens when you have a big layoff. I don't, I don't think that's unexpected. It's just... It sucks because he is starting every game now. Um, Sancho starting to come on a little bit. He's starting to progress the ball through the through the midfield, and you have Bruno Fernandez has been okay. He has the most key passes in the league still. Like that is a real stat. Like he is a, he is still making the the ball putting the balls yeah. through, but the plays in between where he's giving the balls away and stuff like that has to get cleaned up. And I think that as Man United finds their identity, I think that's a big thing right now is they don't have a clear identity of what they want to do, especially they didn't have one at the end of Ollie's reign. It fell apart, and they didn't know what they wanted to do. He was grasping at straws tactically. And now Rangnick knows what he wants to do. It's just a matter of getting the team to do that, and that takes time. So I think, you know, we said this before, but Manchester United coming in, the games that they're supposed to be playing when they're not, Canceled by COVID, Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley are the next three games, depending on when the Brentford game is rescheduled, which I imagine will be January. Um, that's a time to get better, Dr. Pete. That's yeah, good... and I want to say that, you know, look at the gap between um, Chelsea, who's in third place, and Man United is nine points right now. Uh-huh. I mean, you know. We're only halfway through the season. Mm-hmm. Chelsea and collapse. I like it. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, Man United has to play much better, but crazier stuff's happened. That's all I'm saying. You can talk me into it all day. I'll agree all day. <laughs> it's so easy. It's really, really easy. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. Our whole team has COVID. Fine. We'll still, we'll still, we'll still get there. Um, so Manchester United win 1-0. It's an away match in the Prem. I'll take my 1-0 win. I would have liked that to be a much better performance, and it could have been a draw, but we took a we took points out of it, just like Chelsea and just like Liverpool, who won 1-0 against a very plucky Aston Villa. 
coached by none other than Stevie G, Liverpool legend. This game was a little bit uh, oversold after the fact in that everybody said that Liverpool and, and Villa it was a really tight game. The statistics don't really bear that out. It was four shots for Villa, zero on target. That's that's zero shots on target. And then Liverpool had 20 shots and five on target. So I don't think it was as tight as everybody said it was. But um, I think everybody's just used to Liverpool destroying everybody in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And this one was close in the scoreline. So they're like, oh, yeah, it was close. But, I mean, they still got handled pretty easily. Just having yeah, to be mean, one nothing with a penalty. Well, Liverpool put put one hand behind their back. They had Oxlade Chamberlain start this match, um, kind of like boy. a for for Gerard, just be like, "Hey, man, like we're gonna we'll play with this guy on the field for we'll give you fifty five minutes, okay? And then we're bringing on a forward that can actually play <laughs> soccer." Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Liverpool sneak it. Mo Salah scores a penalty kick. Um, there's no like clever way to say put put penalty in Mo Salah's name like there is with Pinaldo and Lionel Pessi and you know Bruno Pinandes like James likes to say there's no clever way to do it but there is something to be said about Mo Salah scoring 10 penalty kick goals a year <laughs> yeah it should be a separate stat it, it should be don't get me wrong he's probably been the best player in the prem this year it's yeah, pretty yeah. close, but he's he's got a ton of goals and a ton of assists, but he gets his penalties, Dr. Pete. You saw one of his penalties in a Champions League final. Yeah. I mean, he definitely gets his stats from penalties, but, I mean, you still have to hit him, and he earns... Yeah, he's a good penalty taker. You know, some of those penalties, so more he power does. to him. But uh, if... What do you think is going to – let's say that uh, Liverpool does not end up winning the league. What do you think is the one thing that's going to sink them? Uh, City's depth. See what you think. So you think it's City's just depth. City being imperial yeah. and not being able to – Yeah, I just uh, – I mean, they just spent $100 million on a rotational player. And by rotational, I mean – He's a starter, Thomas. Okay. Yeah, but I told you what was going to happen at the beginning of the year. Pep's going to play him and play him and play him and play him. But he really, what he is Norwich is, Thomas is. But the way the way he plays, he's what England plays him as. When he's on a great team, he's a guy you bring off the bench to create space, and he's dangerous offensively. But they have the luxury of paying a hundred million for a player who probably doesn't make their starting eleven against a good team when the chips are down. You know what I mean? Like, well, no one else can do that. You, We won't really find out our answer till the Champions League quarters, semis, finals. If he's in the starting lineup and yeah, the he quarter doesn't play like crap, yeah. fine. I'll lay off him. I don't think he if plays he's in the like starting crap, lineup, to be clear. If he's, if he's on the bench in those games, then don't give me that crap about him being a starter and him being an important piece, blah, blah, blah. He's a depth piece. Period. Yes, and I, I think he was always going to play a lot of games early. Honestly, I do. Like I said that before. I said they play him a lot. They paid a lot of money for him. His his wages are very high. Well, they've also had Bowden and De Bruyne have been injured all year. So yes. there's been a spot for him, and there's not much argument. Now, yeah. Kevin was very Kevin. angry today that James – He was very angry. He's, well, actually, Kevin, it wasn't James. James Kevin. was just quoting <laughs> – 
James is just quoting somebody else saying Kevin had to earn his spot back in the lineup. Kevin's like, F- you guys. I'm Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pink Kevin, though, is notorious for being just the best player on planet Earth. And he was today. He took apart leads. He had a banger of a goal and then another nice finish. And he had an assist. I think if Pink Kevin starts rolling, then, I mean, you had Bernardo Silva carrying you for a little while. This is what City does. This is what happens when you have these players that there's so many of them on the team. And that's why I think Liverpool won't win the league now. Um, it's just because City have all that. I mean, what does City do when Salah goes off to AFCON? You know, they yeah. don't they don't have Jack That's what, that's what I bench. think is going to be the, the undoing of Liverpool is if Mane, Salah, or Jota go down, um, they will miss them for sure during AFCON. Mm-hmm. And to overcome that, overcome City's depth, just going to be yeah. incredibly difficult. Oh, add on COVID on top of that which yes. really stretches your or tests your depth more than anything. Mm-hmm. So, we'll Yeah, see. I think you have four or five players on Liverpool that if they go down, they're dropping points. I think Allison, um, Virgil van Dijk, probably Fabinho, and then Salah and Mane as well. I think if any of those guys were to miss a significant amount of time, then I would think that Liverpool drops. Do you agree with that? Yeah, except for Mane. He's been, been not great this year. I think Mane, though, can fill in for Salah. When Salah has a bad game, it seems like Mane scores. That's kind of how they work. But, yeah, I guess I can see that there. Um, but that's the big difference, and that's the way Pep likes it. You know, it's really simple. He doesn't go to places where they don't have any money. He goes to places where they have depth, and he can do what he wants. Like, there's always going to be that caveat with Manchester City and Pep Guardiola. Because they, they have it, and they're going to, you know, if they win the league, it's like, you know, you won the league, congratulations. There's nothing special about it, which is, I think, why they don't have much sex appeal to foreign fan bases. Um, they don't have a strong brand when it comes to that kind of stuff, but they don't need to, and they won the league last year, so um, they just need to win a Champions League, which we hope they don't. Liverpool won, Aston Villa 0, Dr. Pete, and the next match we'll go to... I wish Ken were here. Arsenal 3, Southampton 0. The big news in this game is not that they scored three goals. It's not that they won the match. It's that Obama Yang apparently came back late from an international trip uh, that he was given some leeway for. And he's the captain. Shows up a day late or something like that. And he gets his captaincy stripped. He's not available for the game. And their most expensive player is looking like he's not going to be available for a while. Coach's decision. Um, I want to bring up the point that you brought up earlier, and then we'll get to their 3-0 win, which they had, Ken. I'm not I'm not poo-pooing it all the way, but there's a list of captains for um, <laughs> James, Arsenal. I can't take credit for that, but it was an amazing list. That was Did James. James send it out? Yeah. Yeah, there's a list of captains for Arsenal, the last, like, ten captains they've had. It's Arsenal captains since 07. Uh, William Gallus joined Spurs. Cesc Fabregas joined Barcelona. Robin Van Persie joined Manchester United. Vermillion constantly injured. Arteta, constantly injured. Murtisacker, constantly injured and old. Uh, Koscielny, he went on strike. Um, he was a mess. 
I don't know if you remember that one. He was an absolute mess at the end of his tenure. Chaka flipped off the fans and was stripped of the armband, and now Obama Yang has been stripped of the armband. I think that's really bad. Like, that is really, really bad to have captains like that. Choosing the captain, is it the players? Maybe it's a contract thing. I, I don't know. We'll Can we Ken. get a different process, maybe? Yeah. I think, out of those, who's who do you think the worst captain is there? Ooh. It's not Van Persie, for sure. It's, it's Jaka. Because yeah, those Jaka. red cards are like, like when your captain does stuff like that. I mean, it's just inexcusable chalking up losses. Like, it's the definition of somebody who's not a leader. Yeah. Alba's bad, though. Alba's yeah, just like, bad, oh, hey, you're captain. the oldest guy on the team, and we gave you a big contract. Here's your captain's band. Didn't yeah, Papa he... wear the captain's band for like a day? I'm sure he did at some point. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, there, there are times down. when nobody else can st- – when there's no player, but Pogba's like seventh in the list or something. Like he, there, Juan Mata's above Pogba. You know, like there's a bunch of players who take the band over him. De Gea takes the band over him. It was like, it was like everybody was out. Rashford was out. Dean Henderson, I think, was in goal, so De Gea would have taken it. It was like, you know, seventh in the list. But yeah, Aubameyang, I honestly think it's an Arteta problem. I think Aubameyang still has a skill set that can be used, and I think in a normal year. Barcelona, PSG probably, and Real Madrid would be buying him for, you know, $15 million in January, paying his wages because it would be no problem to them, and then just having him come off the bench in big Champions League matches to try to win. To try to try win, He'd be an impact sub for a great team. But, you know, none of those teams have enough money to do that right now. So I think Arsenal's stuck with him. And like I said before, I, I just I don't think Arteta is it. I don't think he can manage this situation. And Arsenal sits in sixth place, only one point out of fifth and two points out of fourth. But Tottenham behind them has two games in hand. So um, two games ahead. Give it head. Give it head. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it's not like they're they're looking up right now. So this was an important win for them to get. 3-0 over Southampton at home. Lacazette scores. Odegaard, who, I mean, he is, he's really coming into his own, I think. I mean, he scored in the Manchester United match. He scored in this match. And I think if they can get the team tactics right with somebody other than Arteta, I think Odegaard can be a player. Same with Gabriel. I think Lacazette needs to move on. He's, I don't think he fits in with what they're trying to do there, but... I think I honestly think Arsenal have the roster now to compete. They just don't have the right manager. Um, Dr. Yeah. Pete, where are you? I I agree with you. I think that they've got, unfortunately, they have a lot of good building blocks in place mm-hmm. right now. A lot of young players who are very good players, and they're starting to prove themselves. They're starting to get their chance. You see guys like Pepe on the bench and Abba on the bench, and it gives – you see Smith Rowe in the lineup every game. You're, I think Martinelli is a guy who, if he could ever stay healthy, um, he always looks dangerous when he gets three or four games, but then he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of like Lamella, you know, where he, if he gets a run of games, he looks pretty good, but um, he always ends up getting hurt. But I do, yeah. I do think that, I mean, there's no reason Arsenal can't compete at the same level 
or basically complete you're talking about competing for fifth place like they have mm-hmm. a good enough roster to come in fifth place mm-hmm. um, it's just a matter of whether the manager can get the most out of their players and I mean it's such a yo-yo team it's crazy like they yeah. will go from beating the pants off of Southampton and then they'll play someone else and lose three to four yeah. nothing and just get absolutely There's a, a sliding leads team it's it's crazy. Um, it's got to be tough rooting for them. I almost feel bad for their fans, but I don't. Um, no, because you know one of them. <laughs> but they do, you know. They're they're not they're not an e- you don't go into the game with them and think, okay, we're going to win easily because you have no idea. No, I think I mean I, I've been a part of some yo-yo Manchester United teams. And I've never seen one that will win by 3-0 and then lose by 3-0 within four days as frequently <laughs> as Arsenal seems to do. You know, maybe that's a little bit hyperbolic in that it's 2-0 and not 3-0. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. They're a yo-yo team, and they're really just barely playing above average right now. Uh, and they had a run where they played all those easy teams. They have West Ham on Wednesday and I'll be rooting for a draw there, Dr. Pete. And so will you, I believe. Yeah. And, and I, I have to say that it should not be forgotten that Arsenal spent a ton of money. The most money in the prem. So like the expectation should be fifth place. I don't care what they did in the past. Like fifth place is a minimum for the amount of money that they invested in that team and uh, Mm -hmm. the club that they are. So, yeah. you know, you can't say, oh, well, what, what did they come in eighth last year? Be like, okay, six places is fine. Like, that's not acceptable for spending that much money. That's like Everton spending all that money and coming in seventh. Like, you, you can't do that. And you can't yeah, just say, I, well, we've been I bad agree. for so long, it's an improvement. No, that's mm-hmm. not how it works. Like, yeah, they're not going to spend $150 million more next off season, are they? No, they spent 150, and that's the thing they have been spending. They spent all off season. They bought a goalie that you and I, well, I poo pooed because I, I think that too. Leno's a good goalie, but he's been great. He's been fantastic for them, Ramsdale, and you know Oligard's been good for them. Ben White's been uh, up and down. I don't. I mean, everybody makes a big deal out of him making 50, but if you look at the um, or him costing 50 if you look at how much starting defenders cost in the in the top four it's all over everybody's over 50 i mean i'm pretty sure that manchester city has spent 50 on a center back like 10 times you know more than 50 so it's like that's not a big deal to me i don't think he's you know he's not a top five center back but he's better than what they had so i think it's worth the 50 i just don't think that arteta is the person to get the most talent out of this team so uh, Arsenal still gets their win, 3-0. They are doing fine. They're in sixth place, one point out of fifth. Uh, Tottenham sits behind them with two games 12, in hand. Twelve games in hand, Thomas. We haven't played <laughs> in a long time. It's going to be 12 games in hand as Tottenham's matches are getting canceled thick and fast. Uh, well, Manchester United was canceled for COVID. And have you guys exited the UEFA Conference League due to your COVID issues? Uh, number one, that's none of your business. Number two, <laughs> uh, there was a little incident where, um, all of our team got COVID in like a 48 hour span. 
a little flipper baby. There's a there's. <laughs> we were supposed to play our last group stage game against Renez, Renee, whatever Rene's? you want to call him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They're a stupid mm-hmm. French club. It mm-hmm. sucks. Whatever you want to call them. Rain. Um, Rain. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. Um, I think we marched past their city in World War II. I don't remember. But um, <laughs> we were supposed to play them. Who didn't? And our, <laughs> our whole team got COVID. And we were like, okay, we're not going to play the game. And UEFA has a rule that as long as you have 13 players, you have to play the game no matter what. Even if your entire team has it and the virus is all over your entire stadium, mm-hmm. you still play the game. So, Renez flew in. Rain. <laughs> Good effort. Flew in, and uh, they at, told them that the game was canceled or Tottenham was not going to play in the game an hour after they got into London. They were not happy about that. And we decided that we weren't going to play the game because it was ridiculous and just the logistics of a team coming in and also your own team even being out of practice when the virus is spreading unchecked was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So we made a unilateral decision and they were very unhappy about that. They wanted their team to come in and get the virus, take it back to France, (laughs) make sure that they got knocked out. Mm -hmm. And, the, the the funniest thing about the whole thing is they've already won the group. They're already the one seed. Yeah, like is. we're playing. I don't know if you know you're familiar with the rules of the European Conference League, Thomas. But I'm not. The top Neither two teams, Brendan Rodgers, move on. Um, and we were tied for second with the other crappy team in our group. I don't even remember what their name the is. Tasse. Uh, God bless you. Um, <laughs> But we were tied with them, so we were playing. We we had to win this game basically to get in, to continue the tournament. Um, and so they ended up calling the game off, mm-hmm. and they said the rule is you have to make the game up if it's postponed by Jan- December thirty first. But both both teams have to agree on the date. So of course, Renau. <laughs> Keep going. Keep trying. <laughs> Decided, you know, they're like, okay, here's your one date, and it's like the game, the day we have another game. Prem oh, game. sure. Because <laughs> they don't care and they're mad. So, fingers I mean... crossed, we're going to have to forfeit the game and get knocked out of the European Conference League. I guess my real question is, why didn't you guys do this earlier? Uh, we you tried. Know, like, yeah, just like everybody get some COVID I mean, in a cup and just like drinks it. It is like, mm. the most amazing punishment for coming in seventh place you could ever imagine. It is the worst punishment. Absolutely. Like the Absolutely. places you go on a Thursday <laughs> before your Sunday game. And I don't care what league you're playing in, like going to those games, like it's not an easy experience and it's like the fans no. are all jacked up and it's, even if you play, yeah. when you put in nine guys as substitutes and let your city, like you saw this in your draw against young boys, it's like mm-hmm. your team sucks. I mean, it just yeah, it just does unless you're like a top five team, and then you. It's not fun to watch. No, it's no. It is the biggest punishment. You're right, and there's just enough money 
at the end of the rope where the owner's like, hey, you know what? You should probably try to win well, this. That's the thing. All the Tottenham fans are like, okay, there's a very realistic chance that you could come in fifth place, which is going to get you in Europe anyways. Yeah. Um, and, you know, an outside shot, whatever it is, at fourth place. Mm-hmm. Um, and And I don't, like, nobody cares about this trophy. Like, let's just say we won the trophy. I don't know what this trophy looks like. I can't imagine what this trophy looks like. Well, let me tell you, they play the same music as the Europa League music. Wait, they don't have their own music yet? No. Ugh, that's <laughs> terrible. That's so bad. It's actually, it's the same, it's probably the same as the Europa League trophy, except it's just a little bit smaller. It's like half the size. <laughs> or just same like lower trophy. in volume when they play it. It's like you can almost, you can't hear it when they're doing like the lineups. What is that? Oh, that's the, that's the Europa Conference League music yeah Ugh, but if we won the like trophy kazoo. we would actually get made fun of more than if we i got knocked out of the competition that's a good point actually especially you guys like that's what i'm saying drought gets ended by the europa conference league there's nothing there's no reason in the universe to continue this mm-hmm. tournament so this could be the best thing that happens to us all year long yeah fingers crossed well it was a good move tactically to get covid uh i'm not thrilled about <laughs> manchester united not getting co- or getting covid um rumor has it that pj ford pj ford was running his like mouth along a railing in an airport and that's how we got it i'm not happy about that um so uh, this is my time period in the in the year where there's supposed to be a game every single day and mm-hmm. united's supposed to play every three days and i'm not getting that and I don't know yeah. when United's going to play. It's not, it's not festive at all, Thomas. Yeah. It's fun to play every 72 hours. It is not fun to play every 24 hours, which is <laughs> what happens when you lose a bunch, when you, when you can't make up a bunch of games, they all happen in a row. Yeah. It's, it's not, be... it's not funny. Liverpool had a game in 22 games in 24 hours, uh, with the FA cup one year. It was like the same day. Almost. It was terrible. Like, yeah. I don't want that. That could, that can crush your, your team. You can't, you have to play two squads basically. So yeah, I'm not thrilled about the whole COVID thing. The only silver lining is that there's really been no complications with anybody who's gotten it, um, on these teams. You haven't heard about anybody getting hospitalized. Um, I think Joshua Kimmich in, um, Bayern complained of some breathing issues after that was he got Delta it. I, variant though. Yeah. And I don't think he was vaccinated. And he was not vaccinated. Yeah, he was not vaccinated. So, um, you know, that's the only silver lining I can see is that maybe this last contagious variant will rip through. It'll be mild and it'll from here it'll just be a weaker, weaker variant off of that and it won't be a thing anymore. That's just what I'm hoping for. Um, I'm not a doctor. Dr. I'm not a doctor either, but um, I think that it's going to shut down the Prem for couple of weeks and it's going to be a mess trying to make up all that stuff Abu. at the end of the season it's Abu. just my uh thoughts i mean it's it's okay. crazy how it, it rips through teams in like two days i hate that i hope that's not true yeah. i all think right, we're guys. gonna play uh we're trying desperately to play our game against lester on thursday but mm-hmm. we might we seriously might only have 13 players it's crazy that'd be really interesting well, at least I have soccer to watch. I don't really care about how your team's doing. Uh, anything Me. else to add, Dr. Pete? 
on the festive period, not getting wrecked by COVID, hopefully, and the, the uh, Premier League in general? Um, go City. City, City, City. Um, what? Oh, I thought it was James for a minute. Um, <laughs> oh, I hate that. Uh, looking forward to City losing annually out. in the group or the uh, knockout stages in Champions League. They're here. Oh. So that's good. Um, other than that, not much to add. Sure, sure. Uh, I just want to say that I will be devastated if we lose the festive period for COVID. I just want to play. I just want to watch games. I just want to watch games. I just yeah. want to see Boxing Day with 25 teams playing two days after they played their last game <laughs> and not enjoying their families. Um yeah, so for James Lewis, um, Ken Lee, who we did not make sit in an ice box with wind chimes outside the door in a porta pot somewhere. We miss you, Ken. We hope you come back. For Ken Lee, James Lewis, and Dr. Pete, I'm Tom Miller saying I hope everybody has an awesome week. You think Ken's going to be upset about the porta pot thing? No, I mean, why would anybody willingly move to Southern Maryland who is under 70? That's a good question.